Letter to a new dog trainer. Oh, hi. Nice to see you and welcome. I hope you find what you're looking for on this dog training path. I really do. The path is full of wonders, of heart-expanding times, of happy tears, aha moments, new passions, late nights and early mornings, of new discoveries and breakthroughs, of sharing moments together with like-minded people. The best of times. Just know the path has some perils to be aware of on it though. Like most shiny things, they can dull with time. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog. My name's Panos, joined by my good brother, Luke, my co-host. And we have another regular on the podcast, Mr. Brent Dry. Welcome back, bro. How are you? Thanks, man. Hey, it's pretty nice to be called a regular, actually. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's three times now? Three times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Mate, I'm, uh, I'm a very lucky man to be uh, asked back twice, let alone three times. So I think we're I really the lucky ones. We are definitely <laughs> the lucky ones. The listeners are definitely <laughs> lucky. Look, I, I love the conversations we have. I love um, you, you, you as as a man and as a trainer. Um, your perspective, your philosophy, and um, and we can have a good chat as well, which is the whole purpose of of what we're doing here, which is um, which is awesome. But first and foremost, for everybody, because I know we've had a chat before we hit record. But how have you been? What's been going on on your end? Yeah, life for me is really good down in uh, down in Melbourne, Victoria, in Australia. It's um, the same same, which I don't mind at all. So, uh, lots of dog training, uh, which for me is you know obviously all of our passions. Why we're doing exactly what we do. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of nice dogs coming through recently in our group classes, which has been great to see. Uh, we did a dog trainers catch up uh, on the Sunday just gone, which was really nice. It was <clears throat> it's something that I try to do. Um, maybe twice a year, and it's about just getting other dog trainers, not guys who are my trainers or you know that train with us. It's getting other trainers in the area to come along, um, hang out, be social, you know, maybe meet new people, um, you know, talk a bit of shit, have a bit of fun, you know, have a beer, have a barbecue, and and just socialize, you know. So uh, expand the network so a bit. Yeah, it's it's exactly that, Luke. You mm. know, like it really is. It's trying to sit there and say, you know, like as we know, there's there's more than enough dogs in the world for all of us. We don't have to be separate. Like, let's come out. Let's, you know, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing that? I've got this dog. Let's communicate. Let's have a bit of fun together and um, break some of those sort of stereotypes or barriers down. You know, like it's not all about, um, you know, my way. It's about, you know, hey, what are you doing? And just getting more information. So just that networking sort of thing. So that was really good. We had that on the Sunday that was just gone. That's awesome. Um, That's a great idea. Yeah. So that that has kind of been the main thing. And then uh, obviously, as usual, just my jiu-jitsu stuff that's kind of ticking along to, in the background, which keeps me as sane as I can be. So, yeah, now that's about <laughs> it for now. Jiu-jitsu. It's the jiu-jitsu man. It is, uh, yeah. If you hear a dog coughing in the background, it's uh, it's our boy, Mr. Smith. He's got a um, kind of a lung issue, so uh, you probably hear him every now and again. It's not a canine cough thing. It's poor fella. He's got like a um, almost like pneumonia, I suppose, you know. So and smoking he, too much uh, weed. Yeah, he's on all the drugs <laughs> for everything, but it's um, it's not quite helping him out yet. So, but you know, that, that's is it treatable. Nah, it's not actually, no, oh, wow, no, what he's really? got. I, I, I don't know all the technical stuff, but you've got like the little brachial things in your throat and they're supposed to kind of catch all, all the debris that sort of falls you know, down as you're kind of going. Um, and as, uh, hello, as, <laughs> um, as the little debris fall down through his throat, uh, his actually point down, so nothing gets caught. So it all oh, kind of just travels down and ends up in his lungs. So, um, yeah, the poor little fella, he's, uh, it slows him down. He can't run for long extended periods of time. I kind of equate it to like a dog having asthma. Mm. Um, dogs can get asthma, but that's sort of how I equate it, you know. So Yeah, well, poor guy. Well, that's yeah. all. We'll, we'll excuse him for his coughing. <laughs> You should hear Spades and his like he, um, Spades just turned thirteen last week or the week before, yeah. and the noise that he makes I won't I won't do it here I can do it pretty good but it sounds like you're you're coughing up a golly you know yeah and, um, <laughs> but it's like what and, and the first time I heard I was like it was nighttime I was outside I'm like oh my god there's a man in my yard 
Are you like, I'm bro, like, you, like, bro was, you, you sweet? I was ready to fight. I got I got up. I'm like, what is happening? And then I'm like, oh, something happened with spades. And then he's been doing it. And, and the, the doctor said that it's something to do with, I thought it was something to do with his heart, but it has something to do with his lungs, some sort yeah. of, um, yeah, maybe something similar now that you've explained that. But he's 13, yeah. so, you know, it is what yeah. it is sort of thing. Can it happen? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, uh, we were going to get you on regardless, but we came up with a cool topic of discussion today. You put something up on Facebook just the other day, so I really thought I, w- I, w- I want to know more. I would like to discuss it. It's really cool for um, the listeners to to hear what you have to say, but I want to go dive a bit more deeper into some of the different things there. So um, if you wouldn't mind to read out your letter to a new dog trainer, and, um, and yeah, we'll get into it. Sounds good. Beautiful. Letter to a new dog trainer. Oh, hi. Nice to see you and welcome. I hope you find what you're looking for on this dog training path. I really do. The path is full of wonders, of heart expanding times, of happy tears, aha moments, new passions, late nights and early mornings, of new discoveries and breakthroughs, of sharing moments together with like minded people. The best of times. Just know the path has some perils to be aware of on it, though. Like most shiny things, they can dull with time. But that's okay. You can always buff it up if you know where to look. And where do I look, I hear you ask? Well, wherever your curiosity takes you and your ego allows you. This is the hardest part here, the ego. At some stage, people may see you as a leader in a field. It is now hard to move out of that area and into something new. But it may be important for you to do. The crossovers will be there. But the small details, the place where the magic happens, may be different. Search for a crew, but you don't have to stay there forever. Sometimes the shoe fits, but it wears out. Take that and try a new shoe, but don't forget the old shoe helped to get to get you where you are now. Don't just kick it to the curb. The old shoe played a part in where you are now. Thank you, old shoes. Try things. Don't be afraid to ask a question. Seek the answers for yourself as well. Don't tie yourself into one way. There is more than one way to the top of the mountain. Seek another path sometimes. It's actually hard to do. Play a lot with techniques and with equipment, with methods and games. Make training a learning experience for everyone involved. Problem solve and don't be afraid to change the course of what you are doing. Playing is one of the best ways to learn. So. Learn how to play. Invest in others around you. Invest in yourself. Be kind to those around you and be kind to yourself. Be generous to others and to yourself. Sometimes you might need to get off the path, perhaps for a moment, perhaps for longer, and that's okay. The path will always be here for you if you choose to come back to it. And in ending the letter to a new dog trainer, I want you to know this. There will be heartbreak and sadness. There will be moments to take your breath away, for good and for bad. But in teachings, there is a way for us to improve our lives as well. Use all the techniques we use on dogs on ourselves. Motivate, shape, guide, counter condition, and reward. Take all the learnings and make a great life for yourself and those you come in touch with. I wish you love on your journey. That's awesome, man. Bro, are you That's a beautiful. dog trainer or a, like a, not lyricist, but that was beautiful. <laughs> both. I Thanks. shouldn't say or. Both. Both. That was beautiful. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, yeah, I love that. What, what, what comes at all of this? Dude, it, it's really funny. So when I get like an invite to go onto a podcast such as this, right, like yeah. I really consider it and is there something that I can offer? Is there something I can talk about? And I've got like a page of notes <laughs> that I'd started to write down. None of them were actually uh, based on that. Yeah. But I was listening to a book and in the book, there was just a, a mention of a lady who years ago, like in the, in the 20, 1920s, wrote a, a series of uh, stories and it was called A Letter to a Poet. And mm. I kind of went, oh, that's pretty nice. I like that. Um, and then I went, I wonder if I could write a letter to a, like a letter to a dog trainer. Mm. And I thought maybe like a new dog trainer. So that was 
kind of where the the thought process started and i just sat down and just punched it out and yeah that's yeah i kind of liked yeah i sort of liked it and it went okay it's it's um I've received a whole bunch of messages from people, uh, a whole bunch of comments on, you know, my post that I've put it up on and quite a few people have shared it, which is always, you know, it's always really nice. So, yeah, yeah, it's been pretty well received, which is really nice. I think there's so much, so much to be said there. And, um, and I guess it's something that not just a new dog trainer should hear, but even an, an existing dog trainer that's been doing even, even for a long time looking back on it to be like oh yeah i know what you're saying there um and oh that is normal okay that's cool because i thought i thought i was doing something wrong because you know that there, there's there's times of burnout you know emotional burnout and physical burnout and there's heaps of times where you just want to throw in the towel especially when you're trying to run a business running a business and being a dog trainer are two different things and you know a lot of people just think oh yeah i would just you know be be a dog trainer i just like train dogs every day well then how and with who and you know, yeah. and, and all the things that come with it. So showing that to somebody, like any, any new dog trainer that's going to come to me, I am going to copy and paste that and and um and, and send that, obviously, quote quoting you for sure, obviously. <laughs> but Thanks, um, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think- You got to um, you got to pay him royalties if you- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Brent would take royalties in like, um, I don't know, beer or maybe like, uh, I don't know, something he needs for jujitsu class. Few rashes, <laughs> like um, tape. You know the knuckle tape that they wear, the finger tape. Send him a roll of that. Yeah, That's pretty good. That sounds yeah. dodgy. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Oh damn, that is pretty dodgy. Um, yeah. So one thing that stood out, like more towards the beginning of it, when you said there's there's many many ways to the path up the mountain. I think that's you know it's it's you see it so often where obviously we haven't created dog training dog training has been happening you know since the dawn of time of when dogs became a thing i guess so but we all have a different flair to it and everyone and and there are certain systems that you know look very much what they are supposed to be and Mm. is what it is and i think two things on that and maybe we can elaborate is that it's okay if your technique looks like the one that you learned because it is the technique um don't go and make it your own name and say that you've made it just you know actually in fact anytime that you remember where you learned that technique i think it's always important to credit the person just to show you that we're all learning um and actually in fact today even at group class where angie helps me out and she says actually the te- the thing that you mentioned there i haven't heard you really say and is this something that i've missed and i'm like nah it's just something that's been happening over the last few months and that little tiny tiny connection um has happened and for her to realize it was really cool because for me it's just another part of the process towards getting to the top of that mountain there's many different ways and you know yeah. how how can how can people deal with and and reconcile that they need to maybe change a technique through their evolution or even if you're fully brand new and fresh which you know when we're talking about like a technique within your method right like yeah. how do you know when to change a technique like no the pressure should be on before the word before off the before after the word like you know um for me and you and look, we can we can work on yeah, we're going to modify that. But for somebody who's you know still kind of a bit clunky and, and working it out, how can they how can they deal with that? I stole that quote more or less from uh, Miyamoto Masashi, right? So uh, five rings. I definitely didn't. Yeah, yeah, the book of five rings, and and it's funny actually because I've just finished um, reading that again too. I I'll probably read that once a year, I suppose. So but good. So what good. do you? What do you pick up? Uh, not pick up. Yeah, I guess that's the word. What do you, f- what do you find each time you go back to it that maybe you didn't see the last time? You know. Uh, that's a good question. Like, Luke. for example, think- this year versus last year. Can you remember? Or it's always something. Usually, it's something similar, and the reason that I reread things like that is not to get new things from it but more to um remind me to do the things yeah you know what i mean so so one of the things that he talks about and he saw like in the book of five rings kind of at the ev- end of every like chapter it's like you should learn that well or you, you should know that well you know and i think by just reading and reminding myself of like you know hey 
practice the things that you're actually trying to do. And it's not just dog training for me. You know, it's um, jujitsu. It's being kind to people. It's being kind to myself. It's being, you know, present for my wife, you know. So just a reminder to uh, continually try to be a little bit better. So that's kind of why I read that book, you know, um, every now and again, you know, once a year sort of thing. That's important. And so so you got the quote of there's many different ways to the top of the mountain from, yeah. from the fight fight. Well, like I heard um, yeah. like an Ala Watson, like there's many, many ways to the center, right? So all the Yeah, it's 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 the same sort of thing. And my jiu-jitsu coach um linked, you know, in jiu-jitsu class, we'll be talking about how to set up an arm bar, for instance, right? And he will sit there and he'll show three you know specific ways, but he'll always sort of sit there and say, you know, there's more than one way to the top of the mountain so that's it's very much in my head and i see it in dog training um all the time as well so one of the things that you were kind of talking about i think panos was probably another note that i wrote down and it's like is mimicking other trainers okay right so we're talking about you know you've got someone working for you um you know we've worked with people before where do we give credit and all those sorts of things. And I think giving credit is really important. And often with credit, you may give the credit to somebody, but they didn't invent it. But that's who you learned it from, right? And if you are unsure and you've just seen X person doing it, um, give credit to that person and sort of sit there and say, hey, I saw Luke doing this or I saw Panos doing this and I really like it. You would give credit to, uh, what's your teacher's name? Link, is it? Lincoln? Link, yeah. Link, you'd give credit to him, but like a lot of stuff he's teaching you, he's probably teaching from someone else, right? And yeah, he puts his absolutely. own little twist on it, it, makes it better. I mean, that's how things, that's how ideas evolve, right? Yeah, yeah that's that's right. And in the dog world, you know, like one of uh, one of my really good friends, Forrest Mickey, um, I went to one of his uh, seminars. He came out here uh, a whole bunch of years ago. I can't remember, seven years ago. Or Wasn't he here uh, last weekend? Yeah, yeah, he's still in Australia. He's down in Melbourne now. Yeah, yeah. Um, with Tom so, Davis. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. So hanging out with uh, with Forrest, um, one of the things I find Forrest very, very good at is crediting people with where he has learned something specifically. Yeah, and I've, yeah, I've, I've stolen a bunch of stuff off Forrest. And I always credit it to Forrest, you know. I'm like, hey, this is a technique that I learned from Forrest. This is why we do it. So there are things that we do as trainers that, hey, I like this, and it may be something that Forrester has done or it may be something that you've seen online, and you kind of steal that concept, right? And you mimic that same behavior from that trainer, and it works for you and it works for you and it works for you, but maybe it doesn't perfectly fit your personality. So then you've got to bring your personality into that skill set that you're trying to, whether you're trying to teach it, whether you're trying to work it with your dog, um, and then you kind of make it yours a wee bit, you know. Like for we've been to uh, Jay Jack's seminars, right, Panos, and you see Jay working a dog, and then you try to play like Jay, you know, and you're like, I can't, like I can't do those specific things, but I can try. Yeah. And <clears throat> by putting that time and that effort in. All of a sudden, you can start to get like a little bit. Hey, Meta. You know, <laughs> um, all He's of got, a sudden, uh, you can. Brent's dog in the background was like murdering the teddy bear, and it looked <laughs> hilarious just for the listeners. <laughs> they can't see. That's <laughs> the way she rolls. And uh, so, all of a sudden, you start to get this beautiful little um, feeling around. Let's say it's a specific type of play, or maybe it's a specific uh, phrase that you start to use. Like, you know, there's more than one way, one way to the top of the mountain. There's more than one path to the top of the mountain. And you start to kind of use that with your personality and in a frame set that suits what you do. And then it kind of becomes your own. And then somebody else will hear you say that. And they're like, hey, Brent said this. Or, you know, Panos yeah. does this with his dog. And then all of a sudden, you kind of have a little bit of claim to that. And whilst you stole it from somebody and they stole it from somebody. Um, but by mimicking another trainer, you develop your own skill set around that. And I think that's actually really powerful to be able to do. 
Yeah, and I think like you wouldn't be like necessarily saying it to your client like oh just this tech is like they're like who's michael ellis like i don't care like whatever but it'll be more like if i'm explaining this on the podcast hey i learned this from this person because because we know that we're talking to other dog trainers and people that aren't they're in the know so that's what you mean by that just to kind of make that clear and so that we're on the same page i guess you know what panos in class i'll say hey this is from a friend forrest mickey over in the states look him up he's on youtube he's phenomenal True, true. Yeah, you, do you yeah. know what I mean? I'll sort of say yeah. those sorts of things. And um, when people are coming down and they're spending money and they're giving you time and they're invested in training their dogs, and then you can sort of sit there and go, hey, check this guy out. You know, like you might find what he does with his dogs. You might find that, you know, you really gel with him or yeah. you might see something. And then they look at somebody else's dog and they're like, oh, my God, like can my dog really do that? We're like, sure, of course. We need lots of repetitions and and these sorts of things, but absolutely because, <laughs> mate, you know as well as I do, they're googling dog training when they leave or before they've come down anyway, right? So yeah. why not send the them direction. down the path? Why not yeah. send them down the path that we want them to be travelling on, as opposed to looking up dog trainers and they come back and they're like, I saw this guy doing that. And you're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess <laughs> that's that's. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess that's what's good good for the podcast. I always just send send people these ways, right? But yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and just quickly too, I think like not doing that comes from a from like a scarcity mindset because you're yeah. like you're like you were saying earlier, like there's we are never going to run out of dogs. Um, uh, at, you know, True. problem problem. Let's say dogs with problem behaviors, let alone dogs in general. There's there's always going to be someone who needs help with their dog. And like, there's not enough dog trainers, you know, to keep up with that. Basically, no. Um, so, like, why would anyone want to um, gatekeep knowledge or, or gatekeep anything like that? That comes from a mindset of like, I've got to protect my turf or whatever that means, as yeah. opposed to being like, hey, the pie is big enough for everyone to well, share. And, yeah. and and the mindset should be well, you want to, st- and even as a teacher, you want the student to stand on the shoulders of the, of the teacher so that the the pinnacle of where the teacher is becomes a foundation of the student. Right. And that's how it's supposed to, you know, grow and evolve. Um, and yeah. also giving, and like, and, and heaps of times in class, there would be times like, hey, look, I've learned this recently at the seminar and I'm putting this here for two reasons. First of all, I think saying it reminds you, hey, we're working on this thing and we're still creating something to kind of understand it. Um, the feeling of it, but also letting people know if it's clunky and weird, doesn't matter. We're just going to do other things, but I'm trying this out now. So if it's a bit weird and I'm trying to figure it out, it's because I'm trying to figure it out and I need different dogs to try this on. And and since J-Jack's um, seminar, my play game has like increased like tenfold. And then even seeing like, you know, Josh Moran as well, just recently improved a few other things like in the behavior modification thing. And it wasn't like I wasn't doing those things, but it did enhance it. And there was like bolt-ons to to everything we do. And I think that's a good point, man. Definitely. Uh, and I also think uh, that's that's awesome that you've seen those like those changes, dude. It's, it's really good, right? Yes. Yeah, so, but yeah. I also think one of the things where, you know, hey, you go along to a J-Jack seminar or you are with Forrest or Michael Ellis or whoever it might be, right? Or you're watching somebody online and you, you're like, hey, I really like this stuff. It also shows that you are investing time in your learning as well. Yeah. And giving credit to those things of like, um, again, uh, going to a dog training seminar, like, you know, for instance, when uh, Michael Alice was here, we went to Michael Alice down in Melbourne, where Alex Edwards brought him out, which is, you know, which is really, really good. I go back to my dog training club, and especially in the more advanced levels, I'm like, hey, these were some of the things that I picked up from Michael Alice. Let's play around with them, you know, like I learned this. So I give them the information. I give them the feedback and the things that I really took away and that I learned from those seminars. And I think that's also important because it's like we should be constantly learning. So why not share the knowledge that we get, you know, with our clients? And I think by saying the names, um, and it's not name dropping, but it's saying, hey, my, my learning that I did two weeks ago when we were closed this is what we did and this is why we weren't here and these are the things that I picked up from it. So I actually find that's, you know, that's pretty important. And a lot of our clients, you know, 
we had clients go to the Michael Ellis seminar and then we had other clients who couldn't because it sold out so quickly. And they're like, you have to tell us what happened, you know? So yeah. those sorts of things of, um, you know, giving the, the new learning or whatever it might be back to the clients, I think they really appreciate it as well. But it also shows that we are continuing to yeah. learn through our paths as well. No, that's a good point, 100%. Yeah, and I think you have to share it with your peers. So there's yep. like, hey, look, this is fresh in my brain. Can I say it out loud so I can crystallize it in my head as well as bounce it off each other? Let's yep. do it. You do this with this dog, you with your dog, and then as we stay together because we're all like talking about this this level, this advanced level of training, um, to say it's like, hey, I've been practicing this. Look what happened. Oh, wow, that's cool. And that's the only way to learn. Otherwise, if it's just you on your own, doing that and not bouncing any ideas off anyone except for yourself then it would just take so much longer for you to actually integrate it into your training anyway yeah yeah and, and i think guys, part of that i think part of that also then goes back to um <clears throat> from a letter to a new dog trainer we were talking about uh where did i come up with it and a lot of my mindset and my learnings in and around dog training at the moment <clears throat> is not necessarily from dogs or dog trainers. You know, like I'm listening to uh, a book by Robert Sapolsky, a book called Behave, and mm. I've read it. Um, did you say you I was on Jordan probably, Peterson's podcast the other week? I didn't, no. no. Yeah. I, really st I just started listening to it the other day. It's, it's pretty cool. They talk about like game theory and prisoner's dilemma and stuff like that. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. So- a lot of that stuff uh, he's talk he talks about in behave yeah. as well. So um, I've read the book, uh, and the same as anything like you know, like I read a book and then quite often I'll go back and reread it. But I'm I listen to a couple of books on Audible. And I'm like, I know I'm pretty slow to the sort of pick up here, but Audible's pretty good, man. So good. <laughs> I got it on Audible. Hey, have you heard so about this thing called driving. Audible? <laughs> yeah. I watched Game of Thrones <laughs> ten years after it came out, so don't feel don't feel too bad. Yeah, man, like I'm pretty much like that, right? So, yeah. uh, but listening, I find I'm quite a more of an audible learner anyway. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying listening to that. And then there are a couple of other books that I've sort of listened to and read le recently, where I'm like, there could just be, and I get this from podcasts too, right? Like you get one line or two lines, and you're like, hey, I really like the the way that that sounds or the phrase of what this is. And then I associate that with something in the dog world. And then I wrap my two cents <laughs> in and around this phrase that somebody's just sort of throwing out, or maybe they haven't thrown out and I've put a lot of thought to it. But then I steal that for myself and I'll kind of write something um, or I start to put something into practice in and around that. So that kind of seems to work pretty well for me. I resonate with that. You mentioned that the path has some perils to be aware of and like most shiny things, they can be dull with time. What 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 do you mean by that? That was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> that was very good. <laughs> I, I think it. I think it's um, you know, we get into hobbies and then sometimes we get a little bit of knowledge and we feel that maybe that's enough knowledge, and then we kind of stop and we quit whether we quit the hobby or we quit learning. So I, I think that's one of the perils. I think another peril is, and I've heard you know, a lot of different people say this, it's like we get more invested in the dog than the person is invested in their own dog. Hmm. Um, I think that's a massive peril. Uh, other ones would be, um, and I see this when we take students uh, who come down learning to be dog trainers. <clears throat> and one of the things that I really try and do with the students is like, hey, make sure you still spend time at home. Make sure you sp still spend time with family because a lot of us have this um, this need to jump in with both feet and we just totally immerse ourselves in this one thing and we kind of forget what's going on around us. And I don't think that's necessarily a healthy thing, you know, I see it with jujitsu. I've done it with jujitsu. Um, where I'm like, you went I'm too deep, or obsessed. no, I just more obsessed. I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. obsessed. Yeah, yeah, obsessed. like a yeah. little bit down the rabbit hole kind of thing. 
Yeah, deep jiu jitsu is like that, hole. though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Hey, because what's the first so, rule of well, no? I think it's, what's the first <laughs> rule of jujitsu club, Brett? <laughs> Stop talking about jujitsu. No, you got to tell, tell every you tell, gotta tell all everyone. Your friends about it, right? Tell you everyone. Do. It's the opposite of Fight Club. It is. Opposite yeah. No, I think people that are drawn to jujitsu are the ones that struggle with the obsession because it's yeah, it's probably it probably draws that sort of but but personality. Maybe like, yeah, yeah, maybe uh, I would assume because when I was doing martial arts, all I could think about is martial arts, and it's like. I have to probably stop thinking about it. Maybe start thinking <laughs> about other things. Um, that was more when I was younger, but I, I don't yeah. know where you're at. But okay. I think with but I think with that, right? As as these things do dull, or maybe you maybe you put four or five years into dog training, then it dulls off, and and that sort of thing. Having a break can be important. Um, go down the nose works rabbit hole, or check out the PSA rabbit hole or the IGP rabbit hole or go and do some rallyo stuff. You know, like there are so many other aspects to dog training and this, there's crossovers, um, of course, because the learning theory is going to be learning theory, right? But being, and, and I think this is kind of what I, what I wrote in the letter. It's like, go down a different path, try different shoes on, you know, maybe if you are getting a little bit burnt out, like invest in GRC for a while and play spring pole and do some mill race stuff and, you know, look at some wall climb or, or whatever it might be. And by doing something like that, that can reinvigorate um, your passion back into dog training again. So for me, that was what I meant when I said, you know, some things can dull and there are perils on the path because we can burn out, you know, like a, a, I've been lucky and I've never had that issue with burning out but i've also got other passions and other things that i like to do as well um but i remember when i first got into dog training cat and i started the canine company we would get home from dog training and, and like we didn't we've got a spa pool now which we really enjoy but we would literally sit in the bath and talk about dog training for three hours you know like what did we learn what happened today would watch dvds because youtube wasn't there but we would go through all of these things and we were super invested in it. So we spent so much time doing that. And then when we stepped back a little bit from doing that, they were, had to fill that void, right? And then for me, I filled it with uh, with jiu-jitsu and Kat's filled it with their online businesses and that sort of thing. So I think you need to have something else going on as well um, because you can always come back and jump in with both feet again if you need to. It's not going anywhere. The dogs aren't going anywhere. That's for sure. Well, Mate, exactly. But if, if it's your business, right, like you need to make money and you're like, yep. all right, full time, I'm training dogs. And I'm like, I didn't know I had to be this freaking extroverted. I didn't know I had to be like out there entertaining people all day, every yep. day, you know, keeping up physically. You got to play with the dog, play tug while explaining yep. what you're doing while, <laughs> like, while the dog's not doing this. And then, you know, and, so yeah, I I get it. And some people after they 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 come do some shadowing, they're like, "Wow, I didn't. Mm. Um, I'm exhausted." And this is session two. We've got another three sessions. It's like, oh, dude, yeah. we're not finishing until seven thirty. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think there's a certain type of skill that needs to either be developed or a certain type of person that can have that much kind of fuel or energy that kind of feeds off it. Um, but but in, but in saying all of that for somebody who's like a new dog trainer coming into the space is that, and I, one thing I tell people all the time, and it's for me too, is that my hobbies have nothing to do with dogs, even though they connect a lot. Like every, a lot yeah. of the things that I do, everything is very connectable. And I think I only do things because they all connect as well. Yeah. Um, but, but do that from the beginning so you can avoid that sort of burnout and, you know, and the compassion burnout, it was called compassion fatigue, you yeah. know, um, yeah, you have to kind of separate yourself a little bit, but you did mention, a couple of times in in your letter about the ego, how can the ego destroy a dog trainer? Quite a few years ago, when we'd started the canine company and everything was going really well down here in Melbourne, and uh, Glenn Cook was in Melbourne at the time, and then he was heading up to Sydney. And at the time, he was a, a guy who, and still is, but a guy who I'd call and we'd have conversations and I'd bounce ideas off him and that sort of thing. <clears throat> and then when he left and he was heading up to Sydney, I sort of felt that little bit lost. And I kind of said to him, you know, like, 
what happens now? And he was like, man, it's really tough when you're at the top. And he kind of just left it there. And I'm like, dude, we're not at the top. Like, we're still a new business. But the outside community, dog community, looking in at what we were doing, everybody was like, hey, you guys don't know what you've got. The way that you're training, the way you treat people, um, you've got such a good community. But when you're in it <laughs> and it's kind of like normal, you're like, but everything's like this. Like every every dog club's like this, right? And people are like, no, no, it's 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 not. And I think at that time, in regards to the ego, it could have been very easy for me to kind of sit there and go, hey, yeah, we are at the top. And we've just won a couple of awards for dog training and and that sort of thing. So it could have been easy to fall into that trap. But, you know, due to a thousand things throughout life, I don't necessarily have that sort of an ego problem where, you know, um, I needed to be pulled back or whatever. Like I've, I've got enough self-doubt that, <laughs> that, that I still wonder if I'm doing it correctly, you know, on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So I that's not necessarily a big thing for me um, that I find. But it's definitely something to be aware of, you know, like we see it often. We see it in new trainers um, who have been, you know, training dogs for 12 months and they're announcing themselves on the scene and and you don't see these people at workshops or you don't see them at seminars. And why is that? Like it's because of their ego. And I think that the ability for people to continue learning I think says more about a person's ego than the person who continues to do exactly the same thing and you don't see them at workshops. Or it's also just them. more fun. Like, I don't know about like anyone else, but isn't it just boring, never learning new things? Like, yeah. I, I, is that not I, why I we got so into dog training in the first place? Well, no, place? because the ego will protect you from doing the learning because you know how insecure <laughs> you are deep down, so you have to cover it up by then saying, well, I don't even need to be at a workshop because I am X, and it's like trying to protect itself because like, I guess that's what it does, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. that's kind of what I wrote, right? Like um, the crossovers will be there, the small details, that's where, where the magic happens. But if you're, if you're not going to go down that path, and as Luke said, like if – we're curious people and we want to get better, so we're into it. Um, but if people kind of just want to only stay in that lane and not look around, um, I think quite often that's done through through like fear and not more of a curiosity, hey, let's try. And I think <clears throat> um, I did that as a chef, right? Like I was, uh, I was scared to – ask questions as a chef for whatever reason i was younger my ego as a chef kind of got in the way so yeah. um in in that realm my i had this ego i was working at a really good restaurant all of those sorts of things so my ego was there and i wouldn't sit there and go hey i don't know that i would literally just kind of bluff my way through it you know whereas in dog training and and jiu-jitsu and being a little bit older now i'm like hey i don't know what that is like mm-hmm. could you show me and and a person who a person who I find is is phenomenal at that is uh, is Sarah. So why some? Um, she's got this little Malinois chefy. Like why some was just phenomenal and sitting there and going, "Hey, I don't know what that is. Could you show me?" And she'd do it to uh, to everything and not in a annoying way. If she felt that she didn't know it, she would literally just say, "Hey, I don't know what that is." You know, and every time she said it, I never looked at her and went, oh, geez, you're stupid. I'd look at her and go, hey, what an awesome question. Like, I'm not explaining it well enough. Like, let's rehash this. Or, I don't, or, hey, I don't know. Like, let's go down that rabbit warren. And that's what made, that's what has made her and continues to make her such an extraordinary dog trainer is because she's always questioning stuff and asking why and how can I do it better. And I think that's kind of, that's that lack of ego that allows us to do that. Whereas the ego would sit there and say, Hey, I can't look silly in front of my friends. I'm not going to ask that question or I'm not going to put myself out there where maybe I fail or maybe it doesn't work for me. 
Definitely. Wise, wise advice. Def- um, always ask a question even if – there's no stupid <laughs> questions, right? And no. why not Why not ask a question and feel humiliated for 25 seconds that no one even cares about? No one's thinking about you tomorrow morning when they wake up. No. What a dumb no. question that was. Um, maybe except for the question I asked at JJ. But anyway. Um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> We'll get into that another day, I guess. Um, this is going to bring up too much bloody can of worms. <laughs> no, we just said we put an ego aside. What did you ask? Um, oh. All right. So, far out. Here we go. So, you brought um, it up. <laughs> I, I, that, that is true. All right. So where do we start? Jay was talking about biologically fulfilling dogs. Dogs need to be biologically fulfilled, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, I – Asked the question in, and the, it was twofold. The question started with an experience that I had with a client's, a, a, apparently, a client of mine said that his friend told me this that his dog, his American staff, was so insanely aggressive, and, ev- and, that, and he was an entire male. Every six months, the vet would make the dog ejaculate, right? And then the dog anecdotally was completely calm no freaking out until around six months later and then the deed was done again right so wondering of this question and in the scope of the situation we're in in the context i thought i'd ask well then is what do you think and i don't know and i I ask i know this can be an intense question and probably people thinking now that i'm a weirdo but you know we consider everything else we consider predatory drive and their food and their nutrition and nobody talks about well, if a dog is sexually frustrated and that dog can't be fulfilled biologically in that mm. way, does that impact then his behavior? But I guess in the moment it was funny. It was like, you know, first 20 minutes of the freaking weekend. So I guess the question wasn't <laughs> explored or answered. Um, and, and, and I'm happy if, the, if we don't know the answer to it because the way to find that out may be crude and, and intense. And, and I think that there should be some, some, some studies done because yeah. I've been noticing a hell of a lot more dogs not being dissexed these days. Um, I think it's kind of gone out of fashion a little bit. Well, I think people are realizing that there's health benefits to, to um, not doing it. To yeah. not doing it, as well as do I have to? And also, do we have an a, overabundance of dogs walking on the streets? Because maybe 50 years ago, but like I don't know about now. But there's no like like people don't just like people have backyards. Everyone's mm. got good secure places. So do I have to? Do I not? So I'm seeing more of it. And with that, I've been hearing dogs of like humping beds until they ejaculate and all these sort of situations. And well, if they're doing it, does that play a part? And then is there a way to, anyway, so that was a situation asking a a question like that in front of how many people were at that seminar? Probably like 200 people. Yeah, there are a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of people like, you know, like I I was Were you holding the microphone. (laughs) There was no microphone, but, um, and look, we all all heard. Everyone heard. There was Everyone no heard you, bro. Hey, listen, for the rest of the weekend and <laughs> probably people even now, I were like, hey, you know, Panos, you know, jokes off dogs. And I'm like, how did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> that was <laughs> right? so, um, Now, look, I put myself out there, but who knows? I could have asked that question and got a mad answer. Yeah. Right? And I could have got the yeah. best answer being like, wow, that not just fulfilled my curiosity, but that may even help. Um, so, you know, you, you never know and put yourself out there. Now, look, I said people aren't thinking about that the next day. They probably were thinking about that question the next day um, for a bit of a laugh. But I guess, you know, um, yeah, it does take a bit of courage to put yourself out there and to say, hey, I don't know yeah. what that is, especially when somebody pays you money. But, look, I think the best thing is, like, when somebody's paying you and they're like, hey, my dog does this, what what is happening? And, like I say, even to this day, I'm like, I have no idea what that is. That is yeah. so weird. I've never seen that before. Um, I'm yeah. happy to look into it. I would probably think maybe it's this. Let's if it's this, then then we would fix it by doing this, and let's try it out. If it doesn't work, we'll try something else. I think saying that makes it so much better than going, "All right, cool, it's definitely this, and we're going to definitely do that." And then it doesn't work out, and you're like, "Hmm, that didn't work out." Now, look, obviously, I did that a bunch of times. I was 21 years old when I started dog training. Um, talking about ego, I, I would let yeah. myself get bit and going, "Look, let the dog bite me, get it out of the way, and then we sort it out." And then after going to hospital and <laughs> being bitten too many times, I think I think maybe we should check ourselves a little bit, right? But yeah, I guess you still got to experience it, right? Like I think that's that's important. And there is no dissolving <laughs> the ego. Um, I think the biggest ego trip is trying to remove your ego, um, but just work within your ego's limits because you need a persona to project yourself out to the world to. You just yeah. want to run your whole world from there. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. There was something else that, that was in here. Let me just pull up the letter real quick. 
yeah, playing a lot with techniques and equipment, methods and games. I think that's like so, so true. And it's exactly like, I guess what we're saying here, but that's within your own space. So like, how would one practice with these techniques? Would you necessarily, would you practice with them your own dogs or are you practicing them on the fly when you're training clients' dogs, for example? I think practicing with your own dogs is really important. I think videotaping what you do with your own dogs is really important, especially when you're introducing new things. I think watching your clients play with their own dogs is really important because you'll pick things up, you know, like um, talking about like being detached from what's happening when you're actually sitting there and playing with your dog and if they're, you know, getting pretty aroused and they're pretty bitey and you've got to be maybe they're a little bit sharp so you've got to be a little bit careful you're also trying to make it like a positive reinforcement game, right? So when the dog goes to bite the tug toy and you're like, look, I'm going to push it into the dog's mouth, you know, because you think that that's the right thing, but you watch it on video and as you're jamming it into the dog's mouth and all of a sudden it's gone from, you know, a, a thing that you believe is positive reinforcement, but then you've just, jam this tug toy into the dog's mouth and whilst it's subtle and you're like i'm just presenting it all of a sudden the dog's getting this really uncomfortable thing shoved in their in their gob and the dog's like mm, okay this isn't as much fun as what i thought it was going to be you know so by filming your sessions i think that's super important by playing with other dogs if you can get your hands on them and as trainers we kind of do but again it's it's playing around with hey i'm just going to do this with this dog and just see what happens, you know, but you can't do it with zero technique. I yeah. think you've got to practice the techniques on your dogs and friends' dogs and those sorts of things and then develop your skills from there. But again, it's it's go down the path of learning, go down the path of watching people play with their dogs, you know, look at some of the best decoys in the world, look at some of the people who really play with dogs really well, um, figure out what the dog likes to do for play. And then work on your skill set as a person who can play with dogs, you know. And then from there, I, I think a big part of it is then expand your horizons with different toys. Is it like a cooperative game? Is it like a do you only use a specific type of tug toy? Or do you only use a specific ball? Or can you use different toys because this dog prefers something different? You know, like um I prefer kicking a rugby ball and I kick a, like literally, I kick a rugby ball and it feels like home and I kick a, like an AFL ball, an Aussie rules ball, and it feels terrible. It just doesn't suit because of my upbringing and that sort of thing, right? So we have a, I have a bias to kicking a rugby ball. So surely dogs have a toy preference as well. So it shouldn't just be, well, this is a toy I have and this is what you're going to play with. Well, if we're using the positive reinforcement mindset and you're trying to reward your dog is what you're doing actually reinforcing the dog or not, you know? Mm. So that's kind of what I mean by play, like figure out the play, figure out the equipment, try different things and see what works for you. See what works for the dog okay. and figure it out. Like you can't necessarily break the thing if you've got some level of skill set around it, you know? So yeah. play with your dogs, play with client dogs, uh, and then progressively, maybe you can have dogs that are a little bit harder or a little bit tougher. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned investing in others and in yourself. What do you mean by that? Hey, guys, it's Luke. Uh, I just wanted to take a moment out of the podcast to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, obviously, we don't just do this show just to hear our own voices. We love the fact that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to our episodes each and every week. And on that note, if you are enjoying it, we'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to leave us a review or a rating on your favorite podcast listening app. So whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you could hit pause on this episode and, and go and leave a review or a rating on the platform that you're listening into, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people like yourself find the podcast. Uh, and helps us to reach more listeners and, and hopefully grow the show and grow the community around it. So we'd really appreciate it if you could. And thanks for listening. Time. 
give yourself time. Be nice to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Like go out and learn. Um, let others learn from you, you know. Um, Do you think I've people said- want to be experts in like seven minutes? some people do yeah yeah some people do i mean i was uh i was kind of getting started in the dog training world when you know caesar milan was really really big on on tv right um and when i was doing the ndtf course we had like literally two people who like really thought that they were caesar milan you know like the way they trained, it was literally they'd just watch the TV shows a bunch of times and that was how they trained. And um, it is it is what it is. And they would, you know, obviously if that's your technique that you have, you obviously get some levels of success because some dogs will respond to that. Is it the best way? Probably not. But they would get success with what they were doing. I, I think by investing in yourself – you're also being kind to yourself. You're taking care of yourself. If you're doing five private consults a day and you're just eating McDonald's because you're busy, that's not really investing in yourself. You know, like you need to make sure that your nutrition's good so you can get through the day because the first person that you train when you're fresh and full of beans and you're ready to go pay you the same amount of money as the fifth person that you train. Mm. And if you're flat and you just want to sit on the couch and you've got nothing left to give them, but you're charging the same amount. It's not yeah. investing in yourself. It's not investing in other people. So you could take it as far down that rabbit hole as as you want to go, mm-hmm. you know. But I think by investing in yourself, you're constantly learning. Um, by investing in others, it's giving your time and making sure that the people that you come in in contact with you that you're kind to and you give them as much, you know, love as you can and, it's one of those things that like we all care deeply about our dogs and our clients care deeply about their dogs too. So we can't be too dismissive. You know, we can't just sort of sit there and go, it's a Labradoodle. Who really cares? It's like, they love this dog. You know, Um, we've got to make sure that we give those people the same amount of time as, as the people who have the preferential breed that we love, you know? So whatever the thing is, I mean, you know, in this household, we have large dogs. So we need to make sure that we give all the love in the world to the people with small dogs, you know, like someone's got a Jack Russell and we need to make sure that we give that person all the love in the world and not just spend the whole time with the person with the Rottweiler or the, you know, German Shepherd or whatever it might be. And the dog that kind of makes us feel like um, we're a better trainer, you know, go and spend the time with the people and the dogs that are hard work because I think they are the ones that really need it. That's true. I think a lot of a lot of the points that that you're making is that you're you need to 100 know your why. Like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to make money? Are you doing this to be noticed? Are you doing this because um, you're truly passionate about dog training and training mm. dogs? Um, I know one of my big whys is well, if your dog behaves and is awesome, then your life is better, and you may be struggling and your life may need to be better and your dog is probably your last, you know, um, saving grace and going through that process um, is what makes you better. So dogs train you, you train them. And yeah. and that's my, that's my big why, which means that can never run out because yeah. even if the dog doesn't get training, he just needs to learn to I don't know, be outside and not bark um, because yeah. that's a requirement for the house. Then that makes that person's life better. That that we save that person's. Maybe we need to save his life, but maybe we save that person's quality of life. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel that all dogs are there to teach us something, and you've got to find out what that thing is. I mean, I know for me with puppy, like I'm a relatively pa- patient sort of person. And with my little Malinois puppy, I mean, she taught me patience. She taught me, hey, you don't know as much as what you think you do. You need to go out and learn more. <laughs> like that's That was the lesson, man. Like, that's the best. <laughs> before her, we had Zuka and at, at, at like literally 10, 11, 12 weeks of age, Zuka was doing stuff in our advanced class and people were like, well, this dog is phenomenal. You guys are so good. You know what I mean? And then I get puppy and I'm like, I know nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so new to this dog training stuff, you know? And and so I owe her a lot um, 
a lot of love and a lot of thanks because she took me on a path that I, would I have got there? I'm sure I would have got there, but that's what she brought into my world. You know, she she brought me into a different world of of how to train a dog. Um, she made me upskill. She made me more patient. Uh, she gave me different different learnings along the way. And I think for me, like that's one of the biggest the biggest gifts that our dogs can give us. And it is, mate. It, it, it's whether you've got a dog that needs. Um, a bit more room, but you're a pretty quiet person. Now, all of a sudden, you need to advocate for your dog. So you need to sit there and say to people um, who's who want to pat your dog, hey, sorry, she, you know, he can't have a pat right now. He's working or whatever it might be. So maybe that dog is getting you out of your comfort zone and making you speak in public a little bit more. You know, whatever it is, our dogs are there to teach us something that's um, – we need to find the time to listen to what that is and figure it out. Yeah, that's that's, that's powerful. I think usually it's it's it goes the opposite way. When the dog's out there, um, we may need to learn to be more quiet, or if the dog's more in there, we may need to be more out there. You know, so I think yeah. that either the opposites attract or that we create the opposites of of what it is, and that it reflects back to us to be like, hey, be mindful of this because you know um, you were structured you know, to get the thing fixed. But this is not about fixing the problem. This is about going, like my mate the other day, he was killing my life. So we happened to go out for dinner. So we went to his house. Oh, we'll go walk the dog. We're cool. So we're walking the dog and um, he knows all the things. The dog knows all the things and my mate knows all the things because we've done lots of training. And and yeah. and and, um, and my mate's, re- you know, a really um, structured guy. But he's like, oh, whatever. Like the dog's kind of you know, going cross cross, and it didn't matter, didn't bother me like in the slightest. But the next day, we happened to um, bump into each other, so we're walking to the shop together. You know, and the dog's going from the left to right and back and forth, and he wasn't pulling, but he was just like, and then like, you know, my mate was like grabbing the lead from the right to the left, left to the right, and I'm like, dude, seriously, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, you know, I was letting him sniff. I'm like, yeah, but like last night, and then today for the last fifteen minutes. He's like, but he knows, and he put him to the left, and we was walking to the left. I'm like, yeah, I know he knows. You need to hold the dog on the left and just not let the dog get in everybody's way, and he's crisscrossing. You're, tr- you're going to trip over, and then you're going to teach him to pull again, and now you're going to go back to where you were. Like, just do the thing. And now the point of the, all of what I'm saying here is now you know, now you need to just – now it's just a grind of just being consistent, right? We all know that. But, but even more important is that it's even worse once you know – and now you know you are in a worse position to now let it go to a slide because you knew. But if you were just plain ignorant and had no idea and your dog's doing whatever, then that's more acceptable than, oh, so he was under control, but now you can't be bothered. So now he's now not at it, not in control. And that's what I don't like. <laughs> Rant over. But no, no, it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good story, right? And the analogies in there kind of make me smile because it takes us back to the start of the podcast in the book of five rings where it's like like know this deeply do this always True. you know what i mean well yes yes <laughs> so, and rams is like and, and my mate's like yeah that's why you're here with me today to remind me yeah true. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so so for me like you know when luke said why do you read these books and i'm like because it reminds me to do the things <laughs> you know what i mean so yeah, it's a it's they, a good it's a it's a good story, mate. Well, they say it does take sixteen times to read like a book or or a study or an article. Sixteen times for it to even just start to sink into your like subconscious, something that you actually know, <laughs> rather than something that you're familiar with. But sixteen times seems like a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? But it also it it's probably also predicated a little bit on what our prior learning is too. You know, mm-hmm. like we That's do true. one thing or two things and, and we have uh, a dopamine hit. We're like, hey, man, this is fun. Like, let's keep doing this. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I shouldn't really be doing it. And our phones in the car are a classic thing, right? Like you get a message and so, ding, like you reach for your phone while you're driving. You're like, man, you got to, you know, for me at the moment, it's actually in the forefront of my brain. Like, do not touch your phone while you're driving. You know, like a, it's it's – but it's hard, dude. Like you come to a traffic light and you stop and you're like, oh, I'm like, hang on. No, remember you promised mm-hmm. yourself, but you're not touching it, you know? So unlearning these types of things when- Well, how are you going to counter-condition that? How, how are we going to counter-condition that? 
I don't know. Give me a week, man. I'll just be picking right. my phone up when I'm driving. Like, who knows? <laughs> but I'm just, it's, I'm not trying to actually counter condition it. I'm making it prevalent in my head, right? Okay. Like so, an impulse control. Yeah. I'm making it impulse yeah. control sort of style. And I think, you know, one of the things in regards to, you know, if you go back to the science behind it, you know, uh, turn the light on electric shock for the rat, turn the light on electric shock for the rat, the, the rat learns that. Uh, relatively quickly but then they turn the light on no shock turn the light on no shock and you do that a hundred times turn the light on the the rat no longer fears the shock because it's kind of been you know that that cure that signal has been taken away right it's no longer followed by so that's kind of what i'm what i'm doing with myself at the moment you know like my phone is directly in front of me in the car and i'm just like yeah man it's right there it doesn't mean you touch it you know, if you want to touch it, if you want to message somebody, if that's that bad or you need to do something on your phone, pull over to the side of the road and just do it there. So, like, that's um, that's my challenge at the moment. So you've been saying that you've been touching your phone for all these years. No, Shit. mate, never. No, no. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. This isn't I, I have, public. I have, one, I have one fine that said I did it once, and, like, that's all. There you go. That's uh, you got caught. <laughs> Yeah, the punishment's there. <laughs> but like, but I got caught like two years ago. Oh, okay. So it's not like a recent thing where I'm like, "Hey, man, you got to cut this out," mm. um, because I got because I got fined. Was that one of those auto cameras or was it a copper? That no, was a copper. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. got to put in the dock. I got the Mad Magnet one, so you just got to just just place it on it and just stay yeah. magnetized. And I got the Android Auto, so it all connects. Like you know, yeah. everything's there. Yeah. Right? But yeah. um, but one thing I, I have a um, I'm pretty annoyed with um, the Mitsubishi Tridents. So the people that um, make the Tridents be listening to me right now. That you know the little arrows, so like you know you can put the volume up and down. But you know what the arrows do for the for the um, for the radio? It doesn't go to the other radio pre one that you've saved. It just starts scrolling. Uh, and if I'm in Android Auto, I've got to hit home, hit FM, and I'm like starting up. And now I'm pressing. Yeah. I'm, basically touching a phone now trying yeah, to find yeah. a radio station, right? Isn't that yeah. even more dangerous than touching my phone? So I'm yeah. going to do that. So Mitsubishi, get it. It is a weird deal. one. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Heaps of mad pointers today, man. I've been, uh, I've really enjoyed today's episode and looks at something that is true to my heart is how, how we motivate people to train dogs, you know? And I think that this would be um, some good motivation for, for any of the, the new trainers in the, in the industry. And something else that I was saying um, before about people that wanted like the, you know, instant fame or want to be acknowledged within like, you know, seven minutes is more just it's managing that fucking Instagram situation because you can get like 50,000 followers overnight and put dog training um, videos up. But all of a sudden now that person with the big following overnight, not that someone is like kind of organically grown just kind of is like now they're an authority all of a sudden now all of yeah, a sudden what's like, the first thing pep someone someone who doesn't know what's the first thing they look at yeah like how just many to cut the follow account now did they, they grow the did they grow the follow account because they're good at dog training because they're good at making reels so that's not yeah. necessarily the same thing yeah they're both yep. different and 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 of course it doesn't mean that someone who has got a lot of followers who is genuinely good you know so i don't i'm not saying that it's just if you happen to either either trying to keep up with that um, sort of algorithm going, hey, I've been doing this for three years and I've got not many followers. Like that means that I'm shit or that no one cares. Yeah. No, just that you're shit at Instagram and that's cool because I'm shit at Instagram too. Um, and I have no idea what's going on because it's just fast paced. I just, I've been doing the same thing for 10 years. Just I put videos up and if you like it, you yeah. like it, right? So, um, yeah. and I think that's just somebody to just keep yourself in check about that. My, what I do is I log on, I put my stories up for the day. I put a reel up if I have time and I log out. There's no notifications. There's no checking it. I check it once a day and that's all I do. So just any advice that I want to give, I want to say that before um, because if you are a new trainer trying to keep up and have eyeballs on you, man, that would just give you anxiety and depression just on on its own, um, mm -hmm. let alone trying to run the business and be good at training and show up on time and all that good stuff and deal with, deal with dogs after <laughs> a dog bites you. Like that's another cool. one as well. Let a dog bite. Like when a dog bites you, you still yeah. need to deal with dogs that want to bite. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot of self-development that needs to go in the background. And I think, Brent, you um, you really put that out there and reminded us. And I think, you know, using the platform here to kind of spread the word out. Um, but thanks again for coming on the show, man. It's been an awesome pleasure. Um, let everyone know where 
they can find you? Uh, the Canine Company on Facebook. Tell all your friends. We uh, Speaking of social media, at this time last year, I think we had like 9,500, 10,000 followers or something on Facebook. And uh, over Christmas, for some reason, no idea what happened, we lost our – we lost – we ca- had access to our Facebook page, but it had been taken down. Oh, and I went yeah. through as many channels as I could, and it took like, you know, three, four months um of me trying and the facebook page is absolutely just gone so um so i think we've got like 300 facebook followers so that's pretty impressive right so we're trying to build it up again um that's scary eh? that's scary bro because that could happen that could could literally happen to anyone and do you know the the thing for me that is so disappointing is we take, you know, our pick of the pack photos or we'll yeah. put videos up yeah. and then you get a it's, reminder of, yeah. hey, this time Looking four back, years ago, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and oh, those no. were the things I loved seeing, but it's like it's it's just totally gone. So that was heartbreaking. Um, well, bro, I just started following you now because I was like, I always thanks, follow bro. the Canine Company and I can't believe that. That sucks. Right, yeah. Everybody go on Facebook, the Canine Company and Start following. Get I only follow yeah, you for jujitsu content, bro. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> and the jujitsu content is at Brent Drive Dog Trainer on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, that's, that's the one where I see all the <laughs> all the jujitsu. It's like Brent Dry Brent Dry Dog Trainer zero dog content on this channel. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and again, I'm like, I really should put something up. Hang on, come over here, puppy. We'll do a quick little video. Hey, so yeah, come over yeah. here. I'm gonna put you in a rear naked choke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Change it to Brent Dry. Choker of men. Choker of men. <laughs> Mate, I'd probably, I'd probably get a lot more followers if I did that, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe not for the right reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, yeah. hey followers are followers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. No, I, re- I, uh, I really appreciate coming back on for the third time. It's always awesome to see both of you. Um, I appreciate you know, the love that you've given me and uh, led it to a new dog trainer. I really do. It's um. I think it's kind of it's one of those things. I wrote it pretty quickly, but it seems to have touched people uh, in the right way, and kind of everybody's taken it how I meant it to be mm. taken, and that includes um, people like yourselves who have been training dogs for quite a while that are also resonated with. So I really appreciate the time and the love that you guys give me, and um, thanks for having me on again. You're definitely Sorry. my favorite Kiwi, bro. Thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks. I, I know the list is small, but to be at the top of that list is pretty impressive. <laughs> it means a lot. <laughs> All that matters is that you're at the top. Right. That's that's where I want to be. Uh, good man. Uh, much love, brother. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Much love to you guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at np underscore dog underscore training, my website, npdogtraining.com, or my YouTube channel, Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening, guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at www.npdogtraining.com. Kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine, C-A-N-I-N-E, dot com, dot A-U. I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.